The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. Another show, Terry. Are you there? I'm here. All right, co-host Terry Jackson and Terry, I'm fortunate enough. And blessed to be able to do the show live down here at the House of Hope. And 623 Will Call. You know that is, don't you, Terry? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, very nice. <laughs> I got, I got a cowboy nice buddy working down there. What's that? I, I know a cowboy friend that works down there. You know what? And, and I talked to him. He will be calling me in, and uh, we have that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Terry, <laughs> just to do this, you know, uh, to be down here is very, you know, um, I feel privileged and to see the work that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have them call in, Terry, and they're going to get, you know, your Cowboy fans. We're going to have a Bishop call in, you know, probably Leo, and we'll still have a great show, Terry. You know that, right? We're always going to have a great show. Whether it's Cowboys or Eagles, it don't matter. Well, we know it won't be the Cowboys, but, you know, I got the Bishop. He's from Chicago, so I know he got to be an Eagles fan or a Bears. Yeah. So he'll be calling in. But to start off, Terry, uh, we heard in the news that Jan Thale um, shot and killed himself, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what's reported. Um, kind of sad. You never would have thought Junior would um, be going through anything like that bad enough to do something like that, I guess, but you never know. Well, you know, well, people go through things, and that's how, you know, you sit back and see these plays like the House of Hope, give people hope, you know, go yeah. in and talk and put things out, right there? Yeah, that's it, that's it. So we might, we might well get started, you know, this Cowboys, the draft is over with, you know, and um, Eagles got a good draft. Pick that came in, you know they did a lot of good. The Cowboys, who did y'all pick up? Well, we got, uh, of course, we got Brandon Carr at a free agency, which was a good, good pick for us. Uh, we need some defensive backs and corners, you know. <coughs> um, and everybody knows about Morris Claiborne, uh, probably one of the best defensive backs, best corners come out of the league. Uh, so I think we did okay. I think we, we. Uh, we put our picks in, in the right spots where, where we were most needed, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll throw dice and see where it lands, love. Well, see, Terry, I hate to be bombarded by you and Glenn with this cowboy stuff, you know. And I was told, Terry, you know, I don't know if I should tell you this, but he showed me all his footballs and pictures and said, y'all got a little contest we we'll get more <laughs> things autographed. <laughs> well, you know, Glenn was fortunate enough to go down and see the new stadium, and I haven't yet, but... uh he brought me some things back, and uh, you know, like Cowboys brothers do, and uh, you know, it was greatly appreciated. Well, that's good. It was good to see that you know, Cowboys still got some fans. But <laughs> <laughs> Terry, jump right into it. Did you see um, New Orleans? Um, the players, um, the commissioner suspended 
went really hard on the players. One of them, um, Bill Moore, he gave them a whole year off. Yeah. You know, I, I really like what they did, though, because of um, what they were going off of. I was afraid that they were going to go back and start watching film and, and, and try to, you know, associate uh, some of the plays and stuff that these guys made or some of the hits that, that they did on, on uh, opposing players and say that that was, you know, a bounty hit kind of thing, you know? But uh-huh. they, they, they delved into it. They found out some pretty hard evidence on at least three of these guys, four of these guys, and you know they handed out the punishment um, as as they seem was deserved. So I liked that better than than the way that I thought it was going to go. Um, and like I said, if uh, you know, there's no place in football for for things like that, and and we all know that. But uh, I like it better than the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's a little bit hard because these guys are going only by what the coaches are telling them to do. And don't ask, we, we follow the head person in charge, right? Well, did the coach tell him to take $10,000 and put it up there? Well, well, I, I understand what you're saying, Terry, but I totally disagree. If, you got, if your coach tell you to do this, you do it, right? Uh, to a certain extent. But if I tell you to go out and play in traffic, you going to go play? <laughs> if I'm going to keep me on that team, I'm going to run out there in traffic playing it, right? <laughs> You know, I mean, and it's it's just a matter of opinion, love. I I think that uh, you know I'm not saying anything about the punishment, <clears throat> but the way they they came about it is is what I like. I I don't really have one way or another as as far as how harsh it was or, or anything like that because I mean I I really don't that that doesn't bother me one bit. But um, they handed it down the way they saw fit. Um, you know, sometimes you just gotta you gotta you gotta go with what you got and. That's that. That's what they got. So, I mean, he's got he's got a chance to appeal it. Uh, it probably isn't going to go anywhere, but he's at least got that chance to appeal it, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, like you say, you know, they they went pretty hard, you know. Um, but you know, like you say, somebody got to be accountable for their actions. So, you know, but take a year out of a player's salary—that's a lot of money, Terry. Yeah, it is. But you know what? When you got ten thousand to throw on the table to say, hey, uh, who wants this money? Let's go put some player out. Then obviously you got plenty of money. You ain't worried about it. That's the way I see it. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, Terry. So, um, like you know, I think we talked about this on the show before. You know, as you go along through high school like that, you know, if you get a hard hit, they give you a sticker, right, on your helmet. Yeah, goalie. But these players have the money. Where I mean, it's it's not like you know, it's something like a center. You know, something like you know, when me and you play basketball one on one. You know, for me to beat you, you know, like say, hey, I get an extra piece of rib that you cook in a something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but love, it's, it's different. It's it's different when you're talking about injuring somebody or making a good play. Um, you know, if 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 you stop a team from getting a first down, you get a sticker. If you you know, if you make a good play, if you sack the quarterback, you get a sticker. If you intercept the ball, those are all things. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when you're talking about going out and deliberately trying to hurt somebody. That's wrong. There's there's just no place for it. Uh, so I guess it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, well, I still think, you know, there's some things that, uh, you know, you got to overlook and look at the coaches got to take the blame, you know. Well, I, I think the coaches did. I think they got some of the harshest penalties, you know, aside from Vilmer. I think Vilmer was the one that got suspended for the whole year. Um, but you take away the coach's salary as well as the player's salary. I mean, 
that's an even keel right there. I mean, somebody's got to step up though, and 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 know, you know, somebody's got to put an end to that kind of stuff. Love, you don't you don't just go along with it and say, okay, uh, here's ten thousand dollars. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my part in 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 a, in a crime that, you know, it's like saying, well, we're gonna rob a bank. Okay, well, here I'll let you use my gun. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. same thing. So. But, you, you know, Terry, these players are going through so much. I mean, look at, like you say, Junior Seau winning, you know, Kim himself. There's so much that goes into these for these players, you know, not only physically but emotionally. You go through in life, you know, when when the thing is, you know, i seen one of the boxers, um, Mayweather, was saying, you know, he wanted, you know, his opponent to take a drug test because he's like, this is my health, you know? Yeah. And, they, and these players looking at, okay, if I can make the money now, you know, doing these different things, and it's not against the law. Yeah. Right. right, right. Just guys having fun out there on the field. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying it was illegal, but what I'm saying is, it's obviously against policy. Not only were these guys talked about uh, and, and and investigated for this, you know, but they they continued to do it. I think there's a lot more that goes into a love than you and I might know um, for these punishments to be being held handed down like that. Um, I think that they've done their homework. They've they've done an investigation on it, and um, they handed out the penalties the way they the way they seem fit. And you know, I mean, we can all have our opinions on it, but you know, and I, and I understand about these players going through things uh, and these athletes. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You know, everybody goes through things. Love we, you know, I mean, we deal with with people that that commit suicide all all the time. And, and have issues and problems that they think are bad enough that, that you know, they want to take their own lives. But that's, um, you know, that's just part of life, period. These guys are just in the spotlight. And, you know, everything that they do is magnified. Um, that don't, you know, and you can have your opinion on whether it's right or wrong or, or fair or not fair, but these everything that they do is just magnified. But they're no different than anybody else, you know, that that, that goes through things and has troubles and issues and, and stuff like that, but uh, you know, I, I don't see that there's ever a reason to to take your own life or or try to hurt somebody either. You know, uh, with, with a bounty. That's good you said that, Terry. Can I hear? Um, we got a caller calling, Bishop Charles W. Trim. Are you there, Bishop? I'm doing fine, James. God bless you. How are you? Good. God bless you. Um, what Terry was hitting on, you could kind of expand on that. The kind of things that you guys do. Yes, sir. Um, uh, we we are the House of Hope, and we're located here in Casper, Wyoming, at 623 South Walcott. And uh, what we what we have been dealing with is that there has been a lot of homeless uh, list that's gone on in in Casper. You don't see it. A lot of people are not aware of it. But uh, we have about last year there was there was a counted number of 623 people that were homeless, uh, including families. And what struck me last year was that uh, some of the people were living in the cars and they had kids. They were taking them to, like, the Flying J and other truck stops and having showers and then taking them to school and dropping them off and picking them back up. So, uh, you know, when you get into that kind of situation, you have a lot of depression, a lot of, you know, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of anxiety. People are going through a lot of things, you know, but... Uh, the Lord blessed us to be able to have a vision to open this place and to be able to uh, provide a safe place uh, here in Casper right now for families. And we and we cater a lot to veterans, too. We got we deal with a lot of veterans. 
Chris, I want to kind of hit on something that Terry was talking about. He's like, you know, athletes in the spotlight, but it can only it can not only be athletes, but other people, you know, in the world that go through things, right, Terry? Absolutely. I mean, you know, like I said, their you know their situations are just a little more magnified than than, than others, but uh, we all have the same troubles, and it, it's the troubles of life. So, uh, whether it's drugs, alcohol, uh, divorce, um, whatever the situation might be. Um, I mean, there's things that go on every day that don't get reported in the news, um, things like that. So when these guys end up going through something, it's just it's just so magnified. What would you say about that, Bishop? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Anytime you're in the uh, spotlight and the limelight, um, it magnifies it to to an infinite degree, and, and uh, sometimes it just seems hopeless. You know? uh, well, um, I, I always put Terry on the spot, uh, Bishop, but I'm going to put you on the spot. What advice would you give to somebody out there or somebody that would come to you? Because I sat down and spoke with you and just said, we'll speak to you five or ten minutes. You like my, you know, eyes up and my brows. What advice would you give? Well, well, first, the first advice that I would give is don't give up. Um, don't, you know, don't, don't give up. Um, there is um, a, a someone out there, God will send someone your way to be able to speak a word of encouragement into your life that will give you a little bit more hope, uh, a little hope to, to go on to the next day. Don't give I can't stress that enough. Don't give up. Secondly, secondly, get around positive situations, even if you're not able to, uh, to get away from po- uh, negative things. Find positive avenues to be able to hear uh, seek, seek out help. There is help. There are people that care. The world, uh, there are people that have a heart. They still, there are people that still care. And uh, if you if you seek that out, it certainly will. You certainly can find uh, someone that will that will uh, give you some good advice to get to the next level. So isn't that what we talked about on uh, one show when we talked to young kids? Absolutely. You know. Um, there's, there's just some things, love, that, that, you know, I try to, um, try to go by myself. And, and just like Bishop said, you know, life isn't fair, but it's still good. And, you know, we all go through our trials and tribulations and, and, uh, we, we want the, we, we always want to be happy. But we, we make our own happiness. Uh, and, and, and people need to understand that. And, you know, when things get so bad, uh, to the point to where you know you're, you're falling in a depression, you're, you're you're in a funk, and you can't move. You don't want to do anything. You just got to take that next small step. You know, uh, when you're struggling, you just got to get up and go. You know, put that foot uh, forward and just start moving on. Thanks, everyone, thank you for calling. In. But before we get y'all online, Bishop, what's your team? And let everybody know where you're from. I'm from Chicago. Of course, the Bears is my team. <laughs> Lovey Smith, you know. Uh, I, and of course, uh, you know, I, I always go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, with Walter Payton and the Fridge and all those guys, man. What a tremendous feat they did! I know it's living in old school, but I'm from old school. You hear that, Terry? Old school. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got three minutes before our break, and then we got other call with Bishop. So will you predict? Gonna win the NBA playoffs. Who you got? 
Now you put me on the spot. You, you know, <laughs> I have been, I have been so. Uh, God knows, I've been so busy with what we've been doing. We currently have seventy people in the house, and to tell you the truth, I have not been following any of the sports. Uh, just been preoccupied with everything that we're doing here. I, 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 I got to make that confession. See, I knew I'd get you one time, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we still got room for Chicago Bulls, right, Bishop? Uh, well, yeah, you know, the Bulls got to go. They got they they got to be in the running. Um, uh, James Johnson and those guys, James Johnson was in our church in Cheyenne. And, uh, of course, Michael Jackson, all uh, Michael Jordan, all those guys, man. I, I, got, to, I got to root for the yeah, Bulls. Uh, it'd be a blessing if they win. Well, thanks for calling, Bishop. I'm definitely, um, I'm amazed all the work that you're doing and y'all doing out there at the House of Hope. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you all having us on. All right. Hey, you there? I'm here. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, I had at least somebody on my side from Chicago, but, you know, uh, I don't understand this. Um, you set me up, didn't you, Terry? Hey, I didn't, man. I, I really did. Yeah, you because know, uh, when we get, come back from break, we got another call on the line. And I think you set me up, Terry. I'm supposed to be your friend. <laughs> you see, I think it was because, you know, you got tired of hearing all this Eagle stuff, so you call all your, you put all the nationwide Cowboys alert, right? <laughs> hey, it only takes one call, love. <laughs> the boys in blue will be there. Huh? The boys in blue will be there. Yeah, but you know what, Terry, being out here at the House of Hope, it's a beautiful thing, though. And what you were saying is what we've been talking about, what Bishop now is doing. And, you know, just to have people out there to do this, you know, just like, it's amazing. Yes. So what we're going to do is this is James Runner, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and my co-host, Terry Jackson, PJ, and down here at the House of Hope, doing it live. Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner. Talking baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner, Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, the host of Loving That Sports Talk. I have my co-host, Terry Jackson. TJ, you there, T? I'm here, love. Well, like I said, you know, I thought you was my friend, but, you know, I got bombarded and set up, and, you know, but we got a call on the line. Glenn Gilmore, are you there, Glenn? Yes, James, I'm here. How you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Well, Terry, I know you and Glenn planned this, but that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> Glenn, I have a quick question for you, because Terry seems that he can't get this one. If we played y'all twice during the year, the Eagles played the Cowboys, and we beat y'all twice, who got bragging rights? Well, you see, it kind of goes like this. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know what to say about that. Uh, you may have bragging rights, but uh, we're going to come back. Yeah. So I got to be true to my team. <clears throat> and uh, so I got to say, you can brag for now, but uh, we're going to take it over. Did you hear that, Terry? I do. Hey, love, I never stopped you from bragging. You just have to brag to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn, like Terry was saying, you know, I got another one of Cowboy fans, but it's really glad to meet you, Glenn, and what y'all doing it was, down there. It was and, very um, good meeting you too, James. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, we'll talk about a little doing, bit man? before we get to talk about what you're doing now as a whole world. What do you see for Dallas this year? What you um, nine and what nine and seven, ten and six? What do you think y'all record? Because Terry <laughs> seemed to think something different. I want to try to match this up. All right. Well, let's let's see what we can do. I, I, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, and I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say at least ten wins. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. We're, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I don't think, Glenn, I don't think 10 wins is going to get us in the playoffs. We've got to get 11, and that's what I'm shooting for. I think we'll, well at least get 11 wins. And Terry, you and I have talked, man, and, 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 and that's my optimistic side. I hate to say it, but uh, unless Romo picks it up, and, uh, and it's not just Romo. We know that. We know it's not just Romo's fault on stuff either. But unless they start bringing the, – they're really going to have to bring the heat in order to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, uh, defensively. I, I mean, I think playoffs unless they turn this thing around. Yeah, with our defensive backs and the defensive backfield that we're trying to put together, I think that'll help us. Uh, I think that's where we really struggled last year. Uh, we had a great defensive line. Uh, our defensive line got penetration. Uh, we got the defensive player of the year uh, into Marcus Ware. And, you know, I mean, it's not like our, our defense was horrible because we had a pretty decent defense. But yeah, the only thing I, I can see is the problem, though. If you don't have defensive like backs, you're going to struggle. Well. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Glenn, what would you say? The, the communication wasn't very good. And if they can work on the communication and work together better, then I think they'll, they'll do okay. But it seemed like they were having communication problems, especially in the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know what, Terry, Glenn? Hold on one second. Let me, I got Leo. Let me get Leo to talk about things. I want you to stay on the line, Glenn, okay? And, uh, okay, sir. We'll figure this out. We want Leo. Leo, Leo Sanchez, you there? Yes, sir. I'm right here. 
How you doing today, Leo? Well, I tell you, I've got a different perspective on the House of Hope that you might find interesting. Um, we're doing a great job in here with these homeless people and children and veterans and so on. You can't believe our record in just four and a half months of putting people in their own place and finding jobs for them and so on and feeding them mostly. But in order to raise money, we are trying to try every avenue. Now, both high schools and the college, uh, their sports teams are helping us in one capacity or another. But we have a new innovation, which is we hope will go worldwide as far as knowledge is concerned. We're calling it the Shell Canyon Quadrathon. Now, what I mean by that is there's a place up in the Bighorn Mountains called Burgess Junction. And we intend to have runners run from Burgess Junction to the lodge, which is a mile and a half. At that point, they pass on their baton or sash or whatever they're doing, and they ride, uh, someone rides on a bike six and a half miles to the top of Granite Peak, or Granite uh, Pass, excuse me. At that point, they hand it off uh, their sash to a skateboarder. And a skateboarder then goes 16 miles downhill, where he hands off to an inline skier who then goes four and a half miles to Shell. Now, Shell Canyon is beautiful. But we have a dual road in there, so we can close off one road and uh, perform this uh, athletic event, which we hope will go worldwide. What we want to do is bring in high schools from around the United States on one day to perform, and then professionals on another uh, day to perform. So it would be a two-day event. Uh, we're still trying to sell this to the tourist board, but uh, what we're going to do with the high schools this summer is we're going to get some form of pledge from people because of the miles they're riding and uh, donate all this to the House of Hope. Hello? Did you get the yeah, yeah, sound okay. feasible? So, would there be like uh, information on this, Leo, that we could get the list of that out to? Well, yes, I'll tell you what, I'll be uh, meeting with the tourism board here for the state of Wyoming directly, and as soon as we get the two high schools on board completely, then we'll go. We also have a woman's roller derby program in Casper, and uh, uh, professional, semi-professional football and baseball, and uh, they've been helpful also. But the women's roller derby is going to do a special program for us. And so sports are helping out with this House of Hope. And uh, we're very, very grateful. And, of course, what James is going to do for us is magnificent. And James has been so kind. He did a, a fundraiser earlier in the year, last Labor Day here in Wyoming, and we did very, very well. So uh, James is a blessing to all of us, and, and we... Uh, we really feel grateful for him. Well, we all love doing it for you. Like you say, we're going to have a little event. We're going to get that out, get all the details, but it'll be around June, and we're going to get a um, bunch of guys um, I play ball with, Randall Chris, to come out here, and we're going to have them come out to the Alpha Hope. That's great. I'll tell you, my daughter won his uh, jersey last time he was in Casper, <laughs> and she's so pleased. It's all framed, and it's up in her house and so on. But... Uh, I have one question. What business has Congress got peeking into the business of a uh, baseball player? I just that just irks me. That's not the job of Congress in my mind. You want to answer that, Terry? Then I'll answer. Well, we've we've had that uh, subject come up, and 
you know, I, I think that they have better things to do as well. Um, yep. But, again, you know, I, I think it's it's the, the mighty dollar and, and, and people's perception uh, on, on what they think is their business and, and what isn't. Um, you know, sports should be sports. It should be should be left alone. There's there's no reason for uh, any government to be in sports, in my opinion. Yeah, we had a politician a number of years ago that paid for people to run around the football field before a game with her political signs. I went down, and she was running for state superintendent of uh, public instruction. I was a teacher. And I said, ma'am, I said, uh, I'm Leo Sanchez in Castle, Wyoming. She said, yes, I know you, Leo. And I said, that was a cheap political trick. There should be no politics on that football field. That's for sports. It means for men to uh, go for their best in whatever they're doing, and and uh, no politics on that football field. Well, I never got a grant from the State Department of Education. <laughs> you know what, you know what, Leo? I think the money gets so big in the sport, and everybody wants their hand in it now. So that's, oh, yeah. and, you know, maybe I don't sound right, Terry or Glenn, but I think the government wants their money in the hand and everything, and, and it's a big business sport, so they're getting in all the business, you know, now. And it's crazy. Yeah. So you keep, you keep up the talk, and uh, I'm going to make sukiyaki for you some night here. I appreciate that. Thanks for okay, calling man, Leo. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Glenn, you still there? Yes, sir. Terry. Yes, I'm here. Um, you're doing a good job down here, Terry. It's, it's amazing. You know that? Yeah. It's amazing. You know, uh, and I and I know Leo, and he just uh, just his heart just goes out to everything he does. Yeah. So I'm I'm more than a, I'm just glad I know him. You know. <laughs> Well, and you know, James, uh, uh, Leo was my teacher back in ninth grade, and uh, so I, I got a chance to reunite with him. So it's been kind of an interesting uh, situation getting back in touch with him, and it's been good. You know, we've we've come a long way in just a short amount of time, and Leo is behind a lot of that. And so we really thank Leo for all of his help and, and all the things that he's done for us. Well, that's good. All right, then, Glenn. So we got, you know, got to get your thoughts on this, you know. Yep. You know, everybody looking for the start. But what do you think of this little battle with um, Andrew Luck, R.J. Griffin, the quarterbacks, and they're still making controversy out of these quarterbacks. It's, it's unbelievable. Terry, you want to start or Glenn? Yeah, go ahead, Terry. Well, like I said before, I think that, um, you know, both of these guys are, are going to be great athletes. You know, and, and, and they're going to be good for the game. Uh, they're both talented. Um, but again, you're always going to have somebody try to throw dirt on somebody else. I think that RG3 is a little bit more outspoken and forthcoming in, in, in what he's going to do and what he's not going to do, uh, from the pro day to the, uh, combine and, and everything else. And I think people kind of took that wrong as him being cocky or arrogant or, you know, or whatever, but, <clears throat> I don't necessarily know that that was a bad move. Um, RG3 didn't have anything to prove. Um, people watched him play. Um, they knew what he was about. They knew his talent. And, you know, you, you don't. I don't think you have to just sit up and, you know, at, at attention every time, you know, a pro scout or somebody wants to have a conversation with you. You know, I, they're, they're people. What do you think, Liv? Well, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to kind of, give kind of an out like Bishop did in a way. When we started this project, uh, I have not thought or done anything 
since the day we opened as far as sports. I have not kept up with sports. I haven't done anything. So I'm going to plead ignorance on that question. Okay, well, <laughs> well that's good because uh, it's like me. I, I really I, I don't follow college because I think, you know, once they get there, you know, I'd rather follow it. Um, everybody say college is better to follow. I don't know. I agree with that. You guys agree with that? I don't know, but I know I don't have anybody to disagree with what I said, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you that I don't even follow college ball. I mean, I, I'm more NFL, of course, and, and Terry knows, you know, I'm kind of a big Cowboy fan myself. So I I don't uh, follow usually any other teams. I usually follow my boys, and, and uh, so I'm, <laughs> I guess, a little bit narrow-minded. Yeah, and let's not get it wrong, guys. I don't follow follow college football either, but these two things have been in the news, and, and they've been, you know, I watch a little NFL Network, and, you know, if we see something, we kind of try to research and look at it if it interests us. And, you know, I, I looked at that a little bit, and, you know, I just thought that people were trying to throw dirt on RG3. They're trying to compare these quarterbacks, and, and I think mainly because RG3 was a Heisman Trophy winner, and then you've got Andrew Luck coming out to be the number one pick. So I don't think that that matters, but apparently it matters to some people. And, and some people might try to think there's a controversy or has to be a reason why. When I don't think it, that was the case. It was just the way they went in the draft. That's, you know, who had the first pick. So, Well, you know, we got four minutes of break Glenn, before we get to our, Would you like to, you know, give, like, more information on how you get in touch with the House of Hope? Oh, me give information? Yeah. Yeah, the the main number for the House of Hope, of course, it's uh, 623 South Walcott, Astor, Wyoming, 82601. You can also read this on Facebook. Uh, it's under House of Hope, all small letters, uh, on Facebook. We also, uh, our main number here is area code 307-234-6692, and uh, that's the main number that you can get hold of us at. Glenn, if they want to get a donation, what would they go through? Well, right now, uh, we're still trying to set things up, and we're still trying to get set up with uh, Facebook, uh, things like that. But donations, we're trying to do a donate right online uh, with Facebook. And uh, the other thing is we're trying to get uh, direct uh, deposits into our bank. Uh, we bank at Hilltop, so we're trying to get that going. And uh, so we're trying to mainstream some of these things as far as the donations. And we will, and if, like you say, um, you can always call Glenn, and they can give you um, more information on that. So thank you, Glenn, for um, being on the show and, and having me down here doing the show live. Well, thank you very much, James. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Terry, you there? I'm here. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a good thing. You know, but like I said, you know, Terry, when they have a controversy, always a controversy in sports. Yeah. You know, somehow I won't have it. But you know what, Terry, we're fortunate enough, and finally, I don't know what it is. I know when you work so hard and you ain't got time and busy for your friends, you know, you just forget about them. But Galen is back. Galen, All right. <laughs> hey, can you hear me, love? Yeah, I hear you. Now, Galen Thaxton, listen, welcome back, Galen. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I would have called in earlier. I don't know if you guys heard uh Junior Seau uh, either killed himself or was killed in his house. So, yeah. All right. Um, can you talk? I haven't seen it in Terry a little bit. Can you talk a little bit more about that game? Yeah, yeah. I've just been watching it, man. Uh, 
they just found him, I guess, this morning sometime, and I guess the charges just recently confirmed it, that Junior Seau is dead. And so, uh, you know, they don't, they don't have really too many details on what happened or anything, but uh, the speculation is that he committed suicide. So that's not been confirmed or anything like that. Gaylor, like, were you able? Were you able to play with him? I know he's the San Diego. Was he there when you were there? Yeah, he's my roommate, man. We were real good friends. Um, and you know, you know, when we leave football, sometimes we get out of contact, but it doesn't change the friendship. You know what I'm saying? Just like you and I, right. you know. And so, uh, you know, I'm very, very saddened by by hearing that of those events, and and just pretty much dumbfounded in how this happened. You know, it's just it's un. I can't believe you know we're gonna take a break, but um, Terry kind of mentioned something, Gary, and I like you guys to talk about. Like we all go through things in life, and it's tough, you know, Gary. I know I don't know if you get like different stuff from the NFL. You know, I see stuff and it's like life after football, but it's not only life after football, but life in daily general, and you know, people go through things. So I kind of want you guys to talk about that. We'll go back from break. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was told too, Terry and Gary, that my wife said there are some Eagles fans too, so. Yeah. You know, you and Glenn try to gain up on me. That's all right. <laughs> Eagles, Smeagles. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back along, you know, Gator, that's a little touching. That's kind of like when, you know, I was roommate with Jerome Brown and when, mm-hmm. you know, he was killing Cox. It really touches you because, like you say, Gator, you know, when me and you was out of contact, but you still, you know, you had that bond, you know, no matter if you don't hear from him in a year or two, right, Gator? Yep, that's right. It doesn't matter. You know, we've been through some experiences together, live life together, and, you know, that never changes. And so, I mean, our, we may not talk to each other for a while, and that's for true of all my teammates over the years. And when we get back together, we can get back to where we were prior to the time we've been separated. So, you know, it's it's sad. It really is sad. You know, and like you say, you don't know what people go through. Mm-mm. No. You know, in life, and it can be just any little small thing, but, you know, yeah. and, and like you say, Galen, and, um, you know, I asked Matt, I, um, engineer, can we go through break on this one? Because this is real, you know. Okay, and then what we do, Galen and Terry, let me take a caller, and then we'll get back on the subject and see the caller. We got Mike Smith. You there, Mike? Yep. I'm right here. How you doing today, Mike? Hey, doing good. Michael, I'm sorry. Michael Smith, how you doing today? Hey, doing good. Good, yeah. You got a question for our panel today? Um, no, no questions. Hello? Um, I was just talking about the House of Hope. Okay, go ahead. I'd love to hear it. Uh, well, what happened was, I was, I was homeless. I was on the street. I was uh, sleeping around in friends' houses. It was after having some some issues with a family member, living with a family member. And then in the meantime, and then I didn't have nowhere to go. I was trying to get an apartment. But in the meantime, trying to find a low-income apartment is really, really hard to find these days. So I decided to go to the House of Hope after hearing about it. And I have to stay here at the House of Hope. Uh, for for a while now, I finally got my own apartment uh, yesterday. Good job, Michael. You get back on your feet by people helping you, positive people, right? Oh yeah, and I I, I came back here uh, today. I came back here. I'm here at the house hope right now. Just you know, just just for a little visit, you know. To, you know to, I'm just visiting right now, so so that's what I'm doing. 
Well, Michael, keep doing what you're doing and keep your head on straight and make sure you're around positive people. And uh, we appreciate you calling in today. And hats off to the whole hope of helping you. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, you have a good one now. You too, Michael. Thanks for calling me. You, you too, thank you. Dale and Terry, you guys there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the kind of things people go through in life. And like you say, June 12th, we don't know where he and, you know, with my friend Jerome. I mean, can you guys talk a little bit more about that? Well, love, I, I, like I said, I, you know, <clears throat> and, and I think I've been, I've been saying this a lot, um, not as an excuse, but we have to understand that uh, when you're an athlete or you're, you're, you're a professional, whether you're an actor or, or what, and, and you're in the, the, the spotlight all the time, Everything that you do, everything that you say seems to be highlighted and it seems to be a story or it seems to be news and people lose the fact that, um, you know, these are just people too. Uh, and, and you can probably relate to this as being a kid growing up and watching TV and, and, and seeing stars or, or, or going to the movies and seeing these stars and watching sports and seeing these athletes and you're like, wow, like it's not real, like it's just something on TV. But then you grow up and you become an adult and, you, you know, you, you, you live this life um, as a professional athlete or, or an actor or whatever, and you realize, you know, it's it's not just on TV. This is real life. And I think people have to take note of that, that, that these are just people. Um, and everybody goes through problems and situations. And, uh, you know, you never know how somebody's feeling or, or why they feel they have to do something that, you know, that, that they end up doing or, or why they make this or that mistake. And, um, again, I just take it back that they're all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, life after football is difficult enough, you know. And if you're struggling, you know, it makes it that much more hard. I, You know, when I thought about, when I heard about what happened, you know, and then I think about the time we spent together in our room and, you know, uh, and stuff like that, talking at night or something. You know, I mean, it, it, I can't understand, you know, how it got to this point. But in the same token, you know, there's been so much research recently on the effects of concussions, concussions on players, man. And so, you know, I, you know, I can't see the person that I interacted with, you know, for a couple of years in San Diego uh, doing what is reported today, you know. Uh, but, you know, if I look at it from the standpoint that, because of the longevity of his career and the you know the collisions that he has um, made and over the years that his brain was altered in some type of way that he got to this point you know what i'm saying so you know i'm leaning more towards there's a function in his brain that went a little awry and which is the reason why the nfl is going to the protection of the players a little bit more uh you know i have to believe that that has to be the case for junior you know uh you know and and it, I can't see, you know, the person that I know doing what he's done. And that to, to say that, you know, uh, it's not a possibility. It's just I just can't see it, you know. Um, Garrett, um, Terry, let me ask you this. You know, you know how it is. And when you at that, maybe you guys help me. When you at that limelight and you up there like with the money and the fame all like that, and then when you don't have it no more. Don't that make you depressed? Cause I know when I was playing Gala and Terry, and like when I got hurt, and I like, man, my life is over, my whole career. And I sat in the room for like a month with the lights off. I was like, 
man, am I, like, where do I go now? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I haven't had a lifestyle that money yet. So I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, <laughs> am I saying that right, guys? I mean, you know, I haven't had that many head injuries, but yeah. it's that depression on you that that lifestyle is over. Well, you know, that's something you've done since you was a kid, you know, and then you had the fortunate opportunity of making it your occupation for a little while. And then, you know, then to abruptly end that, it's an adjustment for all of us. I mean, it's truly, truly a change of life event for us, you know. And, you know, all of us experience it because most of us are asked to leave the game. None of us usually leave on our own terms, you know. Someone asks us to leave, and so we can no longer participate in a, in a sport that <clears throat> we have loved to do our entire lives almost, you know. And so, you know, that's one of the factors, you know. And, and very few of us leave like John Elway or, you know, those athletes who who control their own destiny, you know. And even the ones that are great, like Michael Jordan, he couldn't give it up until he absolutely had nothing left in the tank, you know. And I don't disrespect him for that. I just Because it's hard, I understand. You know, you want to compete forever, but you can't. Your body does not allow you to do that, you know. And so it is a transition mentally, physically, uh, uh, for an athlete, uh, because that's all they really know. Uh, for a long time, and that's all they focus for, on and, and invest their lives in for a long period of time. So for that to come to an abrupt end and you're out of the limelight, especially in the limelight that Junior Seau had, the adjustment's even greater, you know. And so, well, maybe uh, you and Terry can relate to this. You know, like I couldn't watch football for five years, Galen, mm-hmm. Terry. Me either. That's how I couldn't either. I couldn't either. Okay, mm-hmm. Galen, I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't watch football for a number of years. Uh, because of that, you know, it was, I just didn't want to and didn't like it, and because of you know the uh, the things, the way things ended, you know. But then you get to a point where you you adjust and you say, you know what, uh, you you just let the bygones be bygones and you move forward, you know, and 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 you realize that football was good to you, although it was some difficult times. You realized it was good to you, what it's done for you, got you an education, you know, allowed you to do things that you probably wouldn't be able to do otherwise, you know, so. You know, you get to that point as well. But it takes a little time to do that, you know. Well, see, love, this is the difference between you guys and me. Uh, I never made it to that level. Um, You guys had the passion, and something happened, and you lost the passion. I've never lost my passion because I've never made it to that level. Um, When when you're in a sport or you do something your whole life, uh, and, and you're that passionate about it, and, and speaking on uh, what you said, Galen, when these guys want to retire, they can't let go, and they're so emotional behind it because it's a reality. It's like I'm not going to be doing this, and I've done this my whole life. And you know, to to, to be that passionate about a sport or, or or something that you do is difficult when you decide, okay, now I'm done. Um, it's almost like a death. Uh, that's why it doesn't matter how great you are, Michael Jordan cried like a baby when he quit. Uh, It's just too much. All the great people, when they're, you know, John Elway, even though he went out on top, you know, it was just so emotional. He was so passionate about the game that you cannot hold back those tears when you quit. And nobody will understand that unless you, you know, you you are an athlete and you have held on to something like that. Mm. I I, I have two questions. Uh, Go ahead, Adam. No, I didn't have anything. Go ahead. I have two questions. One for you, Terry, and you, Galen. You could go right. Terry, you say you never made it, but still, you wanted that passion to make it, right? And you had it, right? Absolutely. I had the passion. I still have it. That's why I'm so. (laughs) That's why when you and I sit and we talk sports or we talk athletics, 
love and we talk fundamentals that you see the passion in my voice raise and you know and, and my arms go up because I still have that passion doesn't mean that I could go out there and, and, and play no right well you know Terry I mean this game asks us to leave most of the time like I said earlier but it doesn't matter when it asks you to leave whether it's in high school college or in the NFL there's still a sense of you know, a rejection, you know, yeah. and and still a, a mourning period for not being able to compete anymore, if you know what I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, you know, Galen, Terry, and, you know, you know, like I was talking to Terry, but Galen, I was at that point, I mean, I don't know what Junior say out there, but I was at that point with, like, what is there to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is there to live for? I mean, that's all I work hard for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's happened to me where, you know, you know, Junior had more years and more of a big name than me and that, but it's still you had that in you, right, guys? Oh, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely, you do. Um, it's 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 called, and I and I related to a sense of hopelessness. Um, all is gone. You know, when 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 you can't do something that you're so passionate about, you do have a sense of hopelessness. Um, and I don't want to, you know, speculate on on why this happened with Junior. But because who knows? It could be something totally not related to football. We don't know. Um, but when you have that sense of hopelessness, um, you know, you, you do have those thoughts, James. Mm. Well, you know, again, uh, you do. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's hopelessness, but it's a sense of loss for sure, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, some people handle it differently than others, you know. Uh, you know, that's why you urge the kids and, uh, to get their education, you know, and, and what import, what, what the importance of that education is because, you know, you can't do professional sports, any type of sports for the rest of your lives and you have to be prepared to make the transitions. And I, you know, I wish that the NFLPA had better, uh, are more involvement in the transition of players to go from the, the football field to uh, the professional workplace, you know. Uh, uh, but they don't have that, and I, you know, I mean, that may be their should be their duty, or maybe it's not. I don't know. But certainly, I think all of us go through that mourning period, that depression, as you said, uh, love, and you know where we are like a ship without a rudder for a little while where we don't know where we what we want to do where we want to go you know i mean i i would suppose that maybe 90% of us are that way and some of us are all right you know some of us have those things you know things already in place but for the majority of us that's not the case you know and so uh i wish there was something you know that we could do to to help that transition period what, 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 man, I'm, I'm like feeling like you, Gavin, because I, you know, lost Jerome and Reggie White, and I was real close to those guys, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Reggie, you know, different death, and Jerome different with car, but when you're close to these guys, and they in, and you see what they go through and what you go through, you know what I'm saying? It just, like, hit home, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I know what you're feeling about this, Gavin, because, you know, like, like Terry was saying, we don't know what... Happen in his life, it might not have to do with football, but you know, like you say, Terry, you take enough hits with that head, that head is just later on in life, just like a boxer, later on in life, you know, like Muhammad Ali. Something's yeah. gonna be wrong with you, right? Yeah, and that's that's always been something that, that 
has concerned me as I, you know, as we've uh, as we've grown and, and, and there's been more studies and stuff. Because when you're playing, you don't feel that. You don't think those kinds of things. Um, you're out there to play uh, the game that that you love, and it's always been the way it is. Football's always been quote unquote violent. It's it's always been a rough sport. It, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's rougher. Um, so you don't you don't think that. And you know when you have a concussion or um, you know or, or and you have to sit out for for a few games. You're not thinking that. All you're thinking about is I need to get back in there to help my team. Um, you know, and, and is the NFL doing something about it? I think they're trying. Uh, you know, but but to what what level is it going to help it? You know, um, I, I don't care what kind of helmet you get um, or how many pads you got on. The speed and the strength of these players now is just out of this world. And when you put you know, when you put that combination together and, and, and you make contact with somebody, it's going to hurt, and you're, you're going to have effects. Uh, and, and some of those effects, unfortunately, uh, you know, come with concussions and, and brain injuries and, and stuff like that, broken necks. Um, but that's just, that's, it's always been a part of the game. How do you fix it? You know, we, we don't know. But I don't think you can fix a no. sport like that. I mean, that's just the... The byproduct of of the you know um, of the event, you know, I mean, people are going to get hurt, they're going to get injured. You can do all you can to prevent it and, and make it and lessen it, but certainly you can't prevent it, you know. And so we all know that going into it. I mean, I mean, we didn't know about the concussion stuff when we were playing, but the future players will know about this and make a decision whether or not that's something they want to risk, you know. And uh, you know, I'm sure they will. Because you know, once it gets into your blood, you don't want to give it up. You know, true that. And and you know what? Um, another thing, Galen, is money speaks louder. Yeah, money. And 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 me and Love has had, have had these conversations about the money situation and the contract situation. Well, you know, the more I think about it, the more I understand what Love was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are taking a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're in the second year or third year of the contract, and it's like, wait a minute. This guy behind me is making more money. He hasn't done what I've done. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about my contract because mm-hmm. I want more money because tomorrow's not promised to me. It's not. It's and not. It's when, not. You, when you're in situations like that, you can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've never been in those kinds of situations and you're putting your body on the line, um, you know, that's, that, that's something to think about. So I can, I can kind of understand that. And, and I got into it with Love before about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see his point. Um, and, and it makes sense because when you're out there giving it everything and you're taking that chance, because any time you're out there on that field, you're taking a chance of, of ending your career. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I would go so far, Terry, as to say that the money for the majority of us who play professional sport is a byproduct of you have the ability to do it. You know? Right. Yep. Of, course, of course, it's wonderful. And, and, and you get paid a lot and, and all those sorts of things. But I believe the majority of us are in it because we love the game and we want to play. The reason why we we get so upset when we're asked to leave uh-huh. or when our time comes to an end, you know, or when we can never stop, like boxers who can never stop boxing and so forth. Some of them do it for the money at the end because they've run out of it, of course. But, yeah. I mean, my point is, is that the majority of us do it because we love it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and being that you are you know, a select few people who are, have the ability to play in that league, then, 
they pay you highly to do it. You know, absolutely. But what I'm what I'm saying uh, to Galen is when you're thinking about it and you're coming out of school and you're thinking about, do I want to go into the NFL or do I not? And you got that guy saying, hey, I'll sign you for this much money. Mm-hmm. That's going to help. Then well, make that decision. Most people who come you out know. aren't going to say, do I want to play? They're, they're absolutely willing to play. They're ready to play. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's not really a choice for most people. I mean, it's a choice, but my point is, is that they're going to choose to play if they have an opportunity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jalen and Terry, uh, this might sound crazy, but, you know, somebody asked me, if you had to play, would you play? I said, no, because it's so much mental. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard on you, like, after. Does that sound right, guys? You know what I'm saying, man? You know, because it's, you got to be prepared for that. You know? Say it again. Say it not, again. You know, it's so much mental on me. If I had to do it again, I don't know if I would have done it because it was, it was so tough on me. You know, then afterwards, going through about being hurt and can't play no more. You know what I'm saying by that? But that, see, well, like, knowing what you know now, you would do it differently. Things would be different. You know, I, I believe you, you, you probably would make that decision if you sat and actually thought about it. If you had it to do all over again, well, I would say yes, and the reason is because I'd be a lot smarter the next time, yeah. you know? Right. I would do it again, definitely, but, you know, I may tweak things here and there, but ultimately I would do everything that I did as it related to my professional football career. You know, or my career in football from the time I was little league all the way up until I was asked to leave. You know, so you know I wouldn't change anything. But it it, it does hurt when you have to leave. You know, it does hurt. And that's like what you said, Galen. A few they're left on their own. Yeah. You know, most of the people are leaving because one, they had too many injuries, or mm-hmm. the team don't want them because they're too old. They feel they perform, but yeah. you know, and you want to leave on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I got an update here, guys. You know, I get these updates on my phone. It says uh, the police chief says death of Junior Seau was being investigated as a suicide. Gun was found near body. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's tough, Gaylord. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know, again, you know, that concussion stuff comes to mind. I mean, you know, he's only been out of the league maybe a few years now, and uh, you know, again. You know, he played a ton of years, and so uh, I just believe, for, for my, you know, maybe for my peace of mind, I'm going to believe that, you know, some of those collisions over the, those 16 years he played, 18, whatever it was, has affected him, you know. Yeah. You know I haven't had an update yet how many minutes we got left, but guys, kind of talk about, didn't Dave Dorsen kill himself so he can have his brain so they can study the concussion, guys? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Very close, James. Oh, very close. Okay. Okay, I just want to thank you guys and um, get glad to have Galen back and all our prayers go out to Junior Seahawks. And I just want to thank the House of Hope. Like you say, Terry, this show, just like show, there is hope out there. Just get around good people. Absolutely. You know? yep. Thanks again and um, pass off and whatever you need, Galen, let right. us know. All right, see you guys. Take have care of that. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.